welcome back to Live and Transparent. In today's episode, we are going over chapter 10 of the life book, the book based on uh, the book of Mark. Yes. And last time we ended up where uh, we were reading that Jesus was telling us that we shouldn't fall into sin or temptations. And then we also ended in the part that told us not to lose our saltiness, not to lose the purpose that God has intended over our life. Yes, um, and so this very first point that it makes, it's talking about uh, divorce. So the Pharisees come to Jesus and they, they're trying to test him and they're like, um, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? So they were trying to get, um, get to, they were trying to see if Jesus would contradict what Moses had already said about divorce. Um, like always, they were always looking for something to talk about and something to be like, oh, blame Jesus. Did you hear what he just yeah. said? So they were always looking for something to talk about. Um, and so in this part, uh, Jesus was talking about marriage and he was not necessarily talking about divorce. Um, I guess not directly answering their question, mm-hmm. but he was explaining what marriage was intended to be, what uh, God intended for marriage to be, right? Yeah. He was like, uh, I've created marriage since the beginning with not like, and he didn't plan for a divorce to happen yeah and i also like that jesus answered what did moses command you and like uh jesus always responds with scripture you know and he's like okay what what does what did moses say and that's just something very unique that we see about uh jesus every time that he responds with scripture as we should in our lives to you know like whenever something may occur in our lives respond with scripture uh-huh and then we move on to the next part where uh it's called let the children come to me so in this part all the children were brought to jesus right mm-hmm. and the disciples were like oh what are you guys doing like, like no this is jesus yeah guys. they were like guys this is jesus right here. yeah you can't have only only grown up uh-huh. but so, no. uh so then jesus was like let the children come to me do not hinder them for uh for such belongs the kingdom of god yeah and that's crazy and then he also said truly i say to you Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Yeah, and that just shows that everyone is welcome to mm-hmm. receive God's word. You know, it's not like, oh, just for this person. No, it's for, for everyone. everyone. And then uh, also, I like that the children serve as an example on how we are to enter the kingdom with a childlike faith. Mm-hmm. And then I also wrote a childlike faith and not a childish faith. Yeah, and a childlike faith, it's like genuine trust. You know, like when you see a, a child, they trust and they love and, and they just like... They they have no questions whatsoever. They're just yeah. like like I've been. They're so joyful. Like when I'm with the kids ministry, I'll be like, guys, I'm Spider Man, and they all believe me. <laughs> <I'm Spider-Man. laughs> and that's how like you know. Um, and I like this last part that says, "Whoever does not enter the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it." So, mm-hmm. in a way, we have to have a childlike faith, that genuine, yeah, pureness. Yeah. yeah. And then we go on to this next story, and it's called The Rich Young Man. So this young man, he goes up to Jesus, and he's like, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Right? So this man, he's so strong. He's like, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witnesses. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And you, this man, you know, he was like, well, I've done all of this. He was so confident. He was too. so confident, you know. And Jesus looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. 
So the focus of this man was on how he could earn eternal life, just like he had earned all his other wealth, you know? And by saying that he had kept all commandments, uh, there was a lack of awareness within himself because uh, he was lacking that awareness that he needed a savior, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, this man, now, no, well, first Jesus is like, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Like he was like, nah. <laughs> he was like, oh, never mind. I don't I'm think, just kidding. Yeah, I don't think I want this eternal life anymore. You know, and this man, he went all sad because he had many and great possessions. So you see that this man longed worldly treasures, his worldly status of being wealthy and, and uh, being rich was more important to him than gaining eternity, which is really sad in this case, you know, but that's what he valued the most. And he went with a sad heart because he was like, oh man. Yeah. I mean, and from his point of view, he had everything. He was healthy. He had everything. And yet he still left with sadness in his heart. Mm -hmm. And it shows that you can have everything, but if you don't have, you know, the the goodness of God in your heart, then... You lack that yeah. one thing, that one major thing. And here on the side, something that I thought about when I was reading this story was what one thing is keeping you away from Jesus? Like this man's wealth was keeping him away truly from submitting to Jesus because he, like I said, he longed the worldly treasures more than he did uh, eternity. Yeah, and I feel like the world makes us feel like uh, we are satisfied with what we have and we tend to lean to lean towards the world instead of leaning towards Jesus, right? Yeah. And we, it, the world makes us feel like we're okay where we're at with what we have. Mm-hmm. And instead of, um, uh, I guess, comforting ourselves into that, we should go and seek, seek a Jesus. Uh-huh. And it, it's also like, um, like, there's like, it gives you a sense of satisfaction for a moment, <laughs> but then after that moment, it's like, oh man, I'm really empty. Yeah. And that's when you realize it's Jesus that you need. It's Jesus that gives you that full satisfaction. And not necessarily like that wealth, as you can see it here on earth, like, you know, having everything in there and like, you know, everything you want and being rich, but it gives you a, a certain kind of wealth of like, you know, wealth of faith, wealth of peace, wealth of love. Mm-hmm. That's worth it. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, after all of this happened, He was like, how difficult it would be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And in this case, it was saying like those who seek the desires of this world, it's going to be hard for them to like enter because like you have to leave the desires of this world. You have to leave uh, worldly treasures behind. Yeah. And then we go on uh, Jesus. um, He uh, continues to just talk to the disciples. And he said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Basically just implying that God's grace is sufficient. And then uh, Peter goes on, you know, we Peter, <laughs> he goes on and he's like, see, we have left everything and followed you, which is true. You know, like when Jesus like told them, like, come and follow me, they followed him. And, and Jesus said, but many who are first will be last in the last first which we had seen something like that right mm-hmm. and i wrote here on the side all who sacrifice for the lord will be rewarded they not not necessarily rewarded like in an instant or right there how we would want to but rewarded in heaven and like mm-hmm. eternal life is like the most important thing and it's like the greatest treasure of them all it is 
And so we move on to the next part, which is um, where Jesus foretells his death a third time. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like in this uh, particular time, he's more uh, explicit as to what's going to happen to him. He's giving them details. Yeah. Um, and he says, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to, de to death and will deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. And right here it says that the disciples were afraid, but yet they were astonished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wrote that the disciples were amazed at what Jesus was doing, but they were afraid as to what was going to happen to yeah. Jesus. Because they were entering Jerusalem, which mm -hmm. it was like he's entering like where he is dead. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, Jesus, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were afraid, but uh, yet they still followed. Jesus. Yeah, which still shows like a sense of courage towards the disciples because I think he's like, no, I'll wait for you here. I got your back for right here. I'll wait for you here. Yeah, no, I, I, honestly, I feel like the disciples didn't even want to go in. I bet they were like, yeah, but yet they still followed mm -hmm. Jesus. And what was amazing was that Jesus was walking ahead of them. He was like with full courage. He was like, he knew oh, what was going to happen, but he was like, that's okay. He's like, I got to do it. Yeah. And so then we go on to the next part, uh, which is the request of James and John. And again, we we can kind of see where they were kind of like arguing to see who was the, the greatest. greatest. They were debating. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they were like, grant us one sit, one at your right hand and one at your left. So like you have to choose which one's your right and which one's your left. Yeah. You know, they wanted to be appointed to high positions. Basically, they wanted to be like, oh. I'm next to like you know I'm next by Jesus and everything like yeah, that. yeah. and so uh, Jesus here um, makes them he kind of like explains to them that the status doesn't matter mm -hmm. and he's saying like it doesn't matter if you have money it doesn't matter if you're a priest it doesn't matter if you're like the highest of the high you know he's saying that what truly does matter is your humbleness and how mm -hmm. you serve other people yes and Jesus said to them but to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Mm -hmm. So he's yeah. again saying like, it doesn't matter where you're sitting. It doesn't matter who you are. All that matters is how you do it and with what kind of heart you're doing. Yeah. And also here I put that real ministry is done for the benefit of those ministered to. You know, they wanted to seek that high position. They wanted to do it for themselves, basically, to like uh, feel good about themselves. And it's not that way. It's like, don't do it with that intention, but do it with the intention of love. And here also, uh, moving on ahead, um, I love this part that Jesus said, for even the man, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I love that part. Uh, son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Yes. And Jesus was humble. He had so much authority and power like you know he he he, he symbolizes worked. that you know and um yet he served which is very inspiring that uh jesus the messiah served with great love and compassion you know and sometimes like it gets me thinking how like you know, sometimes people like i guess sometimes they're like oh well, i don't want to serve you know they should serve me but it's like no jesus served like come on you gotta yeah. serve too um, um, and it, it's kind of ironic compared to the story of samson how he was given the blessing to serve other people and he was using it uh, for his pleasure. He was like, yeah, yeah all this stuff because of him, you know? Mm -hmm. 
but I love that it it brings us great to like humbleness and it's like no like you know serve yeah and we move on to Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus and uh Bartimaeus he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth and he began to cry out and say Jesus son of David have mercy on me he was he was with full faith you know he was like Jesus have mercy on me and many rebuked him telling him to be silent and he did not listen to them but he said son of David have mercy on me so even then, you see the great faith of Bartimaeus, you know, like people were telling him, like, be quiet. Like, no, 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 be quiet, not you. And he was like, no. And he was like, me. yeah, he was like, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up here. Jesus is calling you. So then Jesus said to this blind uh, man, he was like, what do you want me to do for you? Those words really impacted me last night when I was reading it. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And once again, I'm going to read this part again. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked this man a simple question that can be really hard for some of us. And that's the question of what do you want? You know, and last night when I was reading this, I was like, oh my goodness. I was like applying it to my life. You know, I was like what do I, what do I want, you know, and, um, Bartimaeus had a need, had a desire to be healed, and he didn't go around saying, well, I don't know what I want, oh my goodness, wait, give me some time to think, oh, no, he was straightforward, he said, let me recover my sight, you know, and this story, it's, it's kind of short story, but it's, like, very impactful, and it's short and simple, straight to the point, yeah, yeah, which is the best part, so, uh, Bartimaeus, he, he was like, let me recover my sight. Simple, you know, he was like, he knew what he, yeah. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. So Bartimaeus expressed a faith that he could tell Jesus what he wanted. He was like, you know what, I want you to heal my sight. And Jesus did it. And that's something that I think we mentioned last episode about vulnerability and just having that, um, I guess, comfort in Jesus to tell him everything straightforward like this man and he's just a great example of you know like jesus when jesus asked him like what do you want he was like straightforward and knew what he needed yeah and he had he demonstrated great faith and courage and this man he immediate he immediately recovered his sight and followed him on the way which that last part i was like i was like that's impactful too because this man couldn't see, but as soon as he was able to see, he was like, I'm going to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. which is very impactful. So now we move on to chapter 11, the triumphal entry. And here now it's getting closer and closer. <laughs> and um, now uh, Jesus sent two of his disciples uh, to get a colt so that Jesus could enter Jerusalem. But the catch was that this cult had to be in one which no one had ever sat on before. And uh, the Lord had need of it. He said to tell the people, you know, he was like, the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately. This was a preparation to enter Jerusalem. All this needed to like uh, take place for the entry of Jesus. And the disciples, they told Jesus what had uh, the people had said when they tried to take the colt and uh they let them go because they just said the lord needs it 
which is, you know, the authority mm-hmm. of Jesus. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread branches. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming of our father, David, Hosanna in the highest. So I guess to break it down, there's a lot to unravel here. You know, like so many things going on here. So much significance behind everything that is going on here. The Basically, when the people were spreading their cloaks onto where uh, this... Um, where Jesus was going, the people were honoring Jesus. You know, that was a sign of honor. And they were praising God the way that he needed to be praised by saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and that's that that was their worship, which was very significant because that's the worship that uh, an adoration that Jesus as a Messiah needed to receive because he is Jesus and we must worship and then moving on he and he jesus entered jerusalem and went into the temple he came into jerusalem in a very public way you know i was telling melanie i was like jesus was entering jerusalem you know here where they're uh, going to kill him pretty soon and i would have been like no don't make commotion Shh, i'm not here i'm not here you guys don't see me but no he was like i'm right here i'm right here you know and he entered in a very public way by people praising him and um i read in this commentary that said you know many of the times we see we saw in other stories that they were jesus was like don't tell anyone don't tell anyone and here by uh them saying hosanna you know blessed is the lord jesus was allowing that because it was like i and in my when i was reading like you know that i was like finally like about time people like you know like they, they um, worship him mm-hmm. in that sense. And um, it's just, like, a great way, I guess, to, like, enter, you know? Yeah. But that's crazy. And the same people who worship him are going to be the same people who... They, who, yeah, the same people that, yeah, Hosanna are the same people that, yeah, crucified uh-huh. him. And who are going to spit on him. That's so crazy. Yeah. So then we move on to the, uh, when Jesus curses a fig tree, and this happened the next day, and they were uh, coming from Bethany. And he was hungry. And he was like, like I imagine, he was like, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh my God. There's like a tree. fig tree. Yeah. Let's go eat some fig. And then he gets he gets to the tree, and she's like, what? Where's the fig? What? There's only, there's only leaves on, on this tree. And uh, he said to it, may no May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And then I imagine the disciples be like, poor tree. Yeah. But I guess I was talking like with you. And like um, the fig tree had the appearance of having fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, it had leaves. And I was reading that a fig tree, when a fig tree has leaves, it means it has to have fruit. Mm-hmm. But in this case, there was no fruit. There was just leaves. And um, it was like, miscontradicting and it was like misleading you know like um something so simple but this story isn't necessarily about a fig tree you know it's more implied towards our lives mm-hmm. and uh here it's like a warning that god's about god's displeasure when we have appearance of fruit but no actual fruit in our lives which is basically what was essentially behind all of this 
was that don't seem to have something that you don't like this tree. It seemed to have fruit, but it didn't. Yeah. Like, or like when you see people in church and, and you're like, oh, like they have it all together. They're, they look like the most holy people ever. And then in reality, they're like not that at all. You know? Yeah. And they're, they're see, they, they seem to have that appearance, but, but they, they don't. don't. And that's like what this story was about, which is like, if you just read it out of like that, you can miss the whole uh, point of it. Yeah. Because when I read it, I did not understand it like you did. I was like, oh, the tree, they didn't have any figs. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she told me, I was like, whoa, I was like, that's so true. I had never seen it from that point of view. Yeah. So now we move on to Jesus cleanses the temple. So they came to Jerusalem and uh, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And like, I can't imagine like, you know, what Jesus was feeling. You know, he goes into the temple where they're supposed to be worshiping, where they're supposed to be praying. And he sees that it has turned into a business. Mm-hmm. Like he must have like, like, oh, my goodness, what, like, are what are you doing? doing? Yeah. And like the fact that he overturned the tables like shows like he was like upset, which he has every he had every right to be because. They weren't doing what the temple was intended for. And I wrote here, the house of the Lord is a holy place. You know, it's a sanctified place where we go to worship God. But they were making it into a business. And God intended, like I said right now, the temple to be a house of prayer. And here, uh, Jesus said, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. That is very, that's like, come on, like, what did you do now? Like, you messed up so bad that now my, like, you're making a business out of my temple? And essentially, everything in the temple should point to Jesus. You know, it has to. Everything is for, everything we do is for Jesus. And all the glory and honor should go towards him. And by doing this in the temple, that was not a way of honoring Jesus. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it, and they were seeking a way to destroy him. There we go again. With they were seeking a way to destroy Jesus, and uh, we have realized that every time the crowd is astonished at his teachings, and they were astonished by this, you know, mm-hmm. that's crazy. So then we move on to the next part, which is the lesson from the withered fig tree, and it goes back to like uh-huh. the. To the fig when Jesus curses the fig. Yeah, there's like a little break in between. Like he curses the fig tree, and then we, he goes to the, the temple. temple. Like I can't imagine. Like first you see this fig tree, and you're like, oh my goodness. And then you go to the temple, like, what is this? He's like, no. He couldn't catch a break. Yeah. Um. And so then, um, they were walking by the fig tree, and uh, Peter remembered, and he saw that the fig tree was withered, and he was like, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, I could imagine just be like, well, duh, it's withered. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, obviously. <laughs> and Jesus said, have faith in God. Yeah, that's, that's like, how many words? Four words? Impactful <laughs> words. Have faith in God. He was like answering everything with four words. And yeah. Was like, 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 come on. Like, yeah, have faith faith in god yes and he also said whatever you ask in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours 
And whenever you stand for praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. So Jesus was kind of saying like, yeah, I said it with authority and I meant it because, you know, like I meant what I prayed. Yeah. And so he was saying like, well, you have to mean what you say to your prayer. Your prayers have uh-huh. to be impactful. They have to come out of a place of um, from your heart. Yeah. And yeah. everything you do has to be backed up by prayer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And here I were on the side. Uh, there's like a. Uh, it's kind of, he's like explaining the manners of an effective prayer, you know, because Jesus prayed with faith. He prayed with authority and he prayed with uh, obviously like a forgiving heart. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we have to apply in our prayer life too. And that's the reason that he answered first with half faith in God, which um, goes back to everything you pray for, everything in life, have faith in God. And moving on to the uh, next point, it's the authority of Jesus' challenge again, you know. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to Jesus and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things or who gave you the authority to do them? Which I'm like, come on, common sense, duh. He's Jesus. <laughs> but they, they, once again, they were hoping to trap Jesus with this question. You know, they were like, Let's see what Jesus tells us now. Let's see how he can get out of this one now. And it's crazy because Jesus answered their question with a question, which I love that. <laughs> yes. He was like, hurl the turntable. <laughs> and uh, Jesus said, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. And this question, when I was reading this last night, I was like, oh, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I, I had to read in a lot. Like, we read it and read a lot into it. And Jesus, the question of Jesus was, was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? Answer me. And, you know, they discussed it with one another. And I, I imagine like them going to the like, gosh, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> and um, they were saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why did you not believe him? And basically here they were saying if they admit that John's authority came from heaven, then they would have to allow the same for Jesus. Because if John was really from God, then he was right about Jesus and Jesus was indeed the Messiah because that's what John, like we uh, read, that John was the one that made the way for Jesus. So if they were you know, agree and say, oh, well, John, like the, the, the question that was the baptism of John from heaven, if they were to, to agree that John, oh, yeah, the baptism of John was from heaven, okay, they wanted to believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, that was basically the essential of that question. And they were like, okay, no, maybe not that one. But if we say from man... They were afraid of the people for for they all held that John was really a prophet. So in this other instance, they had three options. The first option was, you know, agreeing that John was from heaven. But then that would mean that they would have to agree with Jesus, too, which they didn't want to. You know, they they had already made up their long, their mind a long time ago that they wanted to kill Jesus. And the second option is, you know, saying that John was from men. But if they said that John was from man, people would rebel and there would be conflict because people believed that John was a prophet. And uh, they were also afraid of like getting stoned if they said this, you know, they're like, no, what about us? Like they're thinking about themselves there, you know. So they were afraid of what could happen and what the people could do to them if they said, oh, well, John was from a man. So that's the second option. And they went with the third option. Uh they were afraid of the people, right? And so they answered Jesus 
we do not know they knew though they knew you know they so that was the third option that they just like decided was the best for their own sake basically and jesus said to them neither will i tell you by what authority i do these things and here on the side i wrote since they um they couldn't like they had three options and they went with a possibly like you know not the good option they couldn't tell what is from man god or satan which is very very um harsh that is very harsh but essentially we know that jesus authority comes from god just like john's did you know everyone's authority comes from god i feel like jesus was like you know like he was like you know yeah it was like it was a the trap they intended for Jesus was really their own trap. They set up their own trap. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, you know, they knew. And I I can imagine, like, maybe they wanted to answer, like, they, they maybe they were, like, if they wouldn't have all gotten together, maybe one of them would be like, yeah, John is, um, the baptism was from heaven. Then that would have made, you would have to agree with Jesus there. But they didn't, you know, they knew the truth. Yeah, but they didn't want to admit it. I guess uh, just was like you know he was like he was like you know the truth like you know the real truth but believe what you want you know like, yeah do whatever you want mm-hmm. but you know the truth you know he was like yeah stop lying to you, <laughs> yes but that's crazy and that's a crazy way to end and that's the way we're gonna end and uh, next uh, episode we're gonna be discussing you know chapter twelve and thirteen and it's just getting closer and closer because we're almost almost done almost there yes but uh this is really good i really like this chapter so many like stories that anticipation is like because you know like you know what's coming (laughs) you know what's coming yes but that was it for this uh episode thank you so much for listening or watching we truly appreciate each and every one of you god bless you